Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, we have an herb spotlight today. I'm actually surprised I haven't covered this yet in the over 100 episodes that led up to this one because it's such a, a famous women's reproductive system herb. It is chaseberry, also known as Vitex agnus. So the history on it is that it's from the chase tree and has been used traditionally for hormone imbalances in women for as long as we can remember, or as long as you look back in herbal lore. And it was also used by monks, hence chaste, to lower their libido. They would crush it up and consume it to try not to be interested in sex, you know, being monks and all. But the way that it works is through action on the pituitary gland, which is, we're going to get into that a little bit later, it can increase progesterone via an increase in luteinizing hormone, your um, hormone of ovulation. The herb is good for a myriad of things, fibroids, PMS, perimenopause, menopause, uh, and really any times of increased estrogen, which could be helpful if you've done IVF cycles or have used any medications that have increased estrogen and kind of left too much behind. With its use, less estrogen is available to stimulate endometrial tissue, which could also be good for conditions like endometriosis. It's unique among botanicals used in phytotherapy because it does have a larger body of research available to support its use in the treatment of gynecologic conditions. It's recommended for use, as I mentioned, in PMS, but specifically cyclical breast pain. So if you get distended or painful breasts, and in a systematic review of Chaseberry, it was found to address infertility in relation to issues with luteinizing hormone and progesterone and testosterone in men. A little more research for your interest. 13 randomized controlled trials were identified and 12 included this review, of which 8 investigated premenstrual syndrome, 2 premenstrual dysphoric disorder, also known as PMDD, and 2 in latent hyperprolactinemia. For premenstrual syndrome, seven of the eight trials found Vitex extracts to be superior to placebo, also superior to pyroxidine or B6 vitamin or magnesium oxide. I also would use those, by the way, though, in combination. In uh, PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is like a very severe mood disorder um, in the in the sort of PMS timing, like leading up to the period, can be the whole half of the month or more that women suffer from this. Uh, One study reported Vitex to be equivalent to fluoxetine, um, which is a medication that we generally prescribed for this. 
in latent hyperprolactinemia, one trial reported it to be superior to placebo for reducing prolactin secretion, normalizing a shortened luteal phase. By the way, hyperprolactinemia can mess with your cycle length and regularity, can mess with ovulation. Um, it can increase midluteal progesterone and estradiol levels. And bromocryptine is the medication that's usually prescribed when there's like pituitary prolactin related issues. I've had my patients have been prescribed this, but Vitex can actually be just as good, if not better. And any adverse effects are generally mild or infrequent. For those of you who don't suffer from it, uh, PMS is terrible. PMDD is crippling. Probably a good number of you listening to this podcast have experienced it. And it's like cyclical torture, essentially. You get physical, behavioral, psychological symptoms during the luteal phase. And, you know, potentially into the menstruation. Some people it resolves when menstruation comes and some people it stays. Apart from conventional drugs like serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, which are antidepressants, or oral contraceptives, which are good for some and not others and not great if you're trying to get pregnant, complementary and alternative medicines such as Vitex can be used. So breast pain, mood changes, headaches were changed in one study of women taking 20 milligrams daily for three months. Increases of progesterone levels in in the luteal phase Recap of progesterone deficiency symptoms, because I have not really covered it in this podcast, but essentially the symptoms of progesterone deficiency are things like spotting at ovulation or uh, leading up to your period or just in the luteal phase in general, anxiety, a lot of fluid retention, uh, breast tenderness, insomnia before the period. Progesterone deficiency is really common in, in cases of PCOS, in perimenopause, and in women who work out a lot or have high stress levels. My mission is to provide you with the information you need to conceive a healthy pregnancy. My book, The Ultimate Fertility Guidebook, is a comprehensive guide to getting pregnant via natural and integrative methods. It's available for pre-sale now on Target, Amazon, and Walmart, and officially launches March 21st. In it, I share strategies to get pregnant using nutrition, supplements, herbs, and more. Whether you're trying naturally or via IVF, this book delivers the goods. How does it work? We know that Vitex reduces prolactin levels and thus raises progesterone. The way it does this is by binding to dopamine receptors, causing a dopaminergic effect. Vitex basically pumps up the effects of dopamine. Higher dopamine leads to lower prolactin and potentially higher LH luteinizing hormone, which is your ovulation hormone, which then raises your chances of ovulating and thus raises progesterone levels. And since those listening to this podcast are trying to make a baby, Chaseberry can potentially, shown in research, increase chances of getting pregnant by 30 to 50% after three to six months of usage, but generally in cases of luteal phase and prolactin issues. And as we've discussed, Vitex acts on the brain, the pituitary, a very important gland. Newer research shows that it binds to certain opioid receptors in the brain, as well as the dopamine receptors. The opioid system in the brain actually slows down the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which reduces the production of stress hormones and neg- that negatively impacts the brain and can 
actually suppress hormone function. Vitex stimulation of the opioid system actually slows down gonadotropin releasing hormone. And this triggers more FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, to be produced and less LH. More FSH grows a follicle, which then produces estrogen, and that estrogen signals the brain to produce LH. So it like even though we're saying that it's good for luteal phase issues, it's good for luteal phase issues because it strengthens the ovulation and the corpus luteum, which produce the progesterone. Note that this this uh, herb can potentially interact with really heavy-duty psychiatric meds, and so it's not recommended to mess with in cases where there's like severe psych disorder. It could be honestly a saving grace for it, but it could also do the opposite, which is kind of scary. So in conclusion, we use it for low progesterone, high prolactin, PMS and PMDD, menopause, perimenopause, low breast milk supply in case that happens to you after you finally get your baby, estrogen dominance, migraines, fibrocystic breast disease. The dosage is generally 20 to 200 milligrams daily. A lot of the people doing formulations are using like 100 to 200 milligrams in their supplements. So, um, and, and just to note, we call Vitex a kind of slow acting herb that, you know, it's generally after three cycles that you really start to notice a bigger difference. So, you know, if cycle one that you're using it, you don't notice a miracle, that's pretty normal. And so, you know, I, I just would kind of take it as a commitment. Like if you're going to try this herb, you're taking it for a few months, like three to six months. If you're using this one specifically to get pregnant, I would tend to use this in combination with other herbs and lifestyle changes depending on what's going on with you, but uh, at least it gives a starting point. I I probably wouldn't use it in cases, as I mentioned, of like severe psych disorders, but also in cases of like elevated LH from uh, premature ovarian failure and in some cases of PCOS when LH is elevated. That's what makes it kind of tricky is that it's good for regulating a cycle in a lot of women with PCOS, and then for others, it's not necessarily that good. Generally, it's a safe herb, though. Generally, it is, but it's a slower-acting one, so, you know, be patient. Be patient. By the way, there are herbs that act quicker, so, you know, I don't want you to take away from this that everything you take is, like, going to take forever because, actually, there are ones that work super quick, and I will always try to cover those in my podcast. Until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.